afternoon. Today is January 29th, and my name is Taina Evans, and I'm here with... Joe Frega. And we're at the Dykers branch for the Our Streets, Our Stories project at Brooklyn Public Library. So, if you can tell us, um, what do you remember about living in the Dyker High School? Oh, I remember a lot. <laughs> uh, very good memories of hanging out on my block, which was 66 between 12th and 13th Avenue hanging out uh, at the apartment building on the corner, uh, right across the street from Regina Podge's grammar school. It was the, the grammar school at the time. I attended there and graduated there. Very warm memories of, uh, excuse me, hanging out uh, with uh, my friends and their dads, listening to Met games. Uh, God rest his soul. My friend Donald's uh, father, Hank, telling me, you're a jinx, they lost. You're, you're a jinx, go down the block, Frega, go down the block. And when they won, finally won their championship in 86, we were all celebrated with champagne bottles up by that apartment. Uh, that's a nice memory. Uh, another nice memory is the guys on my block uh, all getting together on Sunday mornings. We used to go to McKinley High School, uh, McKinley High School, I'm sorry, McKinley, uh, the uh, schoolyard uh, for McKinley uh, Junior High. That was located on 73rd, if I'm correct, right off of Fort Hamilton. And we used to play football there every Sunday morning. It used to be about 14 guys, a seven on seven, seven poles, first down. And everybody was the Roger Starback, Ken Stabler, or uh, Drew Pearson. And as we've gotten older and talk about those times, the plays have become more dramatic, the catches more exciting, you know, uh, it, it becomes a little uh, fabricated. But those are very nice memories. Uh, as well as uh, the Regina Youth Center. Uh, Regina Podges is my parish, still is. It's a basilica now, and you got a lot of, excuse me, a lot of nice memories of uh, attending uh, the Youth Center, playing basketball, flirting with cheerleaders, uh, bowling. Uh, I remember being there in 1973 when we were all bowling and throwing balls as fastly as we could down the lane to sneak into the bar area and watch the New York Mets against the Cincinnati Reds. Of course, it was the, the playoffs at that time were on, uh, on in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, made my uh, confirmation, graduation uh, in that, uh, in that uh, basilica. Uh, a lot of other nice memories in the neighborhood. It's just a sense of community. Everybody had each other's back. And, you know, it's funny now because now, now I am 52 and there are some neighbors that are left on my block. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have moved, but those that are still on that block, you still have that sense of uh, community and watching each other's uh, back. And, uh, you know, those that used to yell at my brother and I for playing baseball in the schoolyard, uh, we never, we only broke maybe one or two windows, but, you know, we were known as the uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kids at the time, you know, for playing ball, which nowadays pales in comparison to what you do find, unfortunately, on corners and in schoolyards of what's going on. We were kids playing ball, riding our bikes, you know, all good natured stuff, nobody mean, but... You know, uh, now, you know, when you, when you talk about it with those that are there, now uh, we're, we're respectable guys, we're always we're good guys, you know, and, and that whole nature that you always have somebody's, uh, you always had somebody back. Maybe you didn't totally see eye to eye with a neighbor, but God forbid, if anybody bothered anybody on that block or something like that, everybody uh, would, uh, would pitch in. In fact, my friends and I, one night, it was uh, in 1992, I think it was in 1991, uh, some young girl got uh, 
her apocalypse book robbed in front of the side entrance of the church. My friends and I, we were like about 12 to 13 guys, and we helped her. We knew every little, and, and we caught the guy. Yeah, we caught him. He tried to blend in with us. We were like, we don't know you. And uh, the cops were there. They took away our bats because we all came out with bats. <laughs> you know, we were kids. You know, we were in our, uh, in our 20s, whatever, you know. That, but you invaded our block. That, that wasn't tolerated. If a neighbor, when we were growing up, my friends and I, if we were leaning on somebody's car, if the music was too loud, if somebody said, guys, can you lower? Guys, I just cleaned the car. Yes, okay, we're sorry. And that, that sometimes in, in today's society, I don't know, of course, in the internet, whatever, uh, that sense of courtesy and respect with neighbors has gone out the window. But those are, my, those are my, really my warmest memories of, uh, of Dyker Heights, being able to go up to Faico's, which, thank God, is still there on 11th Avenue. And, uh, you know, you, got, you went in there on a Saturday. You got your number, went to Pete's, the hardware store guy across the street to play your lotto for your dad or for yourself. Go down to Cangiano's, another two blocks over, get the bread, come back. You were just in time. Faigo was calling your number. You got the best cold cuts and sausages in town. And you went home, you made the best sandwiches. That was delicious. Um, so uh, what was the, the neighborhood like in terms of demographics? Well, demographics, basically, uh, it was a little more Italian-oriented uh, at the time. I mean, it's still around. But it was uh, at that time it was more primarily uh, Italian oriented uh, oriented community. Uh, but as far as the demographics, as far as I mean, certain some businesses have have left uh, the neighborhood or have had to close over the years. But I think that would be the biggest uh, the biggest thing. The demographic was it was more now it's mixed, which is no problem with that. Don't don't take me the wrong way. But it was more primarily a uh, an Italian. Uh, based uh, community, uh, Dyker Heights, at that particular junction while, when I was growing up. You were born and, in this? I was born in this area. Uh, yes, I was. Yep. Uh, yep. I was, uh, um, like I said, 52. My first three years I lived on 62nd uh, between 11th and 12th, and then uh, we moved to 66th between 12th and 13th, and that's where my mom has been living now. That's going on 50 years this year. Yeah, so we've been in the neighborhood for a long time. <laughs> but overall, it's good. I mean, you know, uh, there's, uh, thankfully, there's no real major problems uh, in the area, but areas change uh, as society changes. But, you know, you know overall, Dyker Heights is still a very nice place to, uh, to live and, uh, and raise a family. The celebrations that happened here over the over the years. Well, the celebrations that had happened over the years. Uh, Regina Podges back in the day when I was a kid. I mean, uh, I had to be you know, like anywhere between eight to up to thirteen years old. They used to have a, a street fair from sixty fifth and and thirteenth down to seventy fifth and thirteenth. It was a whole big carnival, and I remember from my window and from my porch, you used to be able to see the Ferris wheel in the Carvel Park a lot. Carvel used to be on sixty fifth on the corner of 65th and 13th. And that's another nice memory, uh, going there on one night out of the week because they had the Sundays in the helmet, so you collected the baseball helmet. Uh, my brother and I had almost every team, if not every team. I remember as a kid going up to the Fort Way uh, movie theater on 67th and Fort Hamilton. They used to have Walt Disney films uh, one day out of the week. It was the summer Disney matinee. 
you know, and these are all very, very nice, uh, nice memories. Uh, as far as other celebrations, when I used to play baseball for Regina Podges, they used to have like a, a celebratory mass to begin the, the baseball season and then a, a little a parade around the neighborhood, all of us dressed in our baseball uniforms, all of us future all-stars and major league ball players, you know, walking around like we were big shots. Uh, but that's, uh, that was uh, it. And now uh, they still have some street fairs. I mean, the 18th Avenue Feast is still intact. That's a tradition for decades. I mean, that goes, that stretches from 65th on 18th down to 75th and 18th. Yeah, that's been around for a long, long time. Um, have you visited the library any other I'm always here. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm always stopping in over here uh, to uh, to look up stuff or uh, to print out uh, print out stuff. So I, I, I come to this library uh, often. What are, what are your memories? Memories is when you, ha you used to have to do book reports or when you had your projects. Back then, I'm going you know, circa 1970s uh, when I was in grammar school or even in high school in the early 80s, you didn't have Google. You didn't have the internet where at a touch of a button. You used to have to go to a library and uh, look up in encyclopedias. Yeah, I know that uh, looks like something from the Antique Roadshow now, but you used to have to look up in, in, in encyclopedias and you used to have to research uh, your work. So that's why, you know, that's where the library became, uh, came in uh, very useful uh, uh, for us. And uh, my friends and I, you know, when we had big reports and stuff like that, or things to do per school you came to the library and that's when you did your uh, your research work because you had to go back in and you know research things off of uh, encyclopedias no not, not google not twitter no facebook no uh none of that you know you used to you used to have to go to the library and read through your your stuff and make copies or write down your notes um so um as you lived in this neighborhood, was the the library a central player, or was just one of those things that you just remembered? No, it was it was a central player because if uh, you did have a lot of studying to do for uh, finals or any type of examinations, you know, sometimes the four walls of your house gets a little closed in. You know, you're able to take a little walk, get a little fresh air, clear your head, come to the library. It was quiet, and do your studying and do your or do some homework. Uh, as far as that goes, or if you needed, you know, wanted to take out a book that you were looking to, uh, that you wanted to read, uh, especially when more when you were younger than older, before the Barnes and Nobles and everything uh, mm -hmm. became a major player. This is the this was the source that you came to. You came to your to your local library. Did, did any of your uh, friends or family become baseball players? Uh, no, <laughs> no, none of us. All legends in our own mind. Uh, like I say, schoolyard, schoolyard memories uh, that become folklore now. When you uh, when you talk to, uh, with your friends, we've had some reunions, and you know, of course, the stories come up when we played football, and you know, who, this catch was, you know, everything is fabricated. It, it's all a lot of a, a, a lot of good fun, uh, you know, to reminisce uh, because, like I said, you had a lot of good a lot of good memories, and uh, all of us, uh, thankfully, uh, we had very good, uh, you know, good families and stuff. Unfortunately. Some of us, including ourselves, myself, have lost family members like fathers and uncles over over the years. And when you do go through things like that, 
as you get older and you do look back on on things, those memories become even more endearing, and you realize really how lucky, excuse me, and blessed that uh, that you are, and that you are. What are um, hangout locations? Like? Hangout locations for me as a kid, growing up, uh, it was up on the corner, like I said, by the apartment building, listening to Met games, uh, down on 66th and 11th. Uh, as far as going out, when I was, uh, you know, when you hit that age where you were able to go out to the bars and stuff, it would be Third Avenue. But Third Avenue is more Bay Ridge uh, area. It's not really the Dyker Heights area. So as far as hanging out in Dyker Heights, it would be the schoolyards playing, uh, playing automatics in the schoolyard on 69th and uh, and 12th. Fifth floor was an automatic home run. If not, uh, the fourth floor was a homer. If caught, it was an out. Things like that, playing football in there, playing automatic softball uh, and fastball in the in the annex, which is the schoolyard that's located on the corner, off the corner of 64th and uh, and 12th Avenue. Uh, or as a kid growing up, you know, before you're really old enough to branch out and leave your block, right across the street, Regina Podge Schoolyard, wiffle ball. That was our Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium. I was uh, Bud Harrelson, who was Larry Bow, you know. And uh, you want to talk about graffiti? Okay, it was graffiti, but we used to write on the schoolyard fence. So we used to the box scores uh, of uh, of our of our games and and stuff. Playing basketball off of the uh, the uh, garbage pails uh, that they put in. They put in these large containers. So we had the roll. Uh, the, the, the regular like garbage pails and we used to shoot hoops and stuff like that playing uh, Skullsy in the street uh, in my neighborhood right with the bottle caps and used to melt the uh, the uh, crayon to give the, the the cap a better smooth uh, ride when you were when you were hitting it uh, again playing slap ball uh, playing hockey in in the schoolyard uh, Regina Park just across the street from me you used to ice the puck uh, you used to get the the rolls of the black electric tape and keep them in the freezer this way here they slid better on the, on the concrete, and unfortunately, uh, you don't see that anymore, and that's a little bit of a problem, and that's why these kids aren't as active as they should be, and that's why obesity, I think, with with children is up, and I come to a library like I do today, and the kids are on the 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 things, and all they're doing is playing computer games. It's a beautiful day. It's a Friday afternoon. You don't have any school. It's a long weekend. Get out there, play some football, play some basketball, be more active. But like I said, those those things there, that that was my childhood. Uh, whatever the season was, we had something going on: bowling, basketball, uh, football. We it, it, there was the the light on the corner. If there was enough light, got the ball, smacked it around, whatever. That's that's what we did, and those were my hangouts and and. In, uh, in Dyker Heights, I mean, uh, the Parkway Diner on 75th and 13th, always very, very good. Always got a good uh, good lunch or breakfast in, uh, in there, the Pizzeria, La Sarantina up on 66th and 11th. Thank God they're still around, nicest guys you would ever want to encounter. Excellent food. Like I said, Faiko, great bunch of guys. Young's Deli on 68th and, uh, and 11th. These were my hangouts. This was my, this was my neighborhood, you know. Are there any additional ones now that you're an adult? No, that's basically it. And then the other thing that um, let me add too is my block. We were fortunate enough we had block parties, and I was ten years old when we had our first one, 
1973, you know, not AD either. Uh, but we had block parties. That was a big thrill. You were able to ride your bike in the street, and you know, uh, and then uh, we had one in '74. Then it stopped. Then we got a new bunch of young uh, neighbors that moved in, and then we had one in '86 and '87. And by that time, now I'm in my 20s, and so are my friends. So of course, we're it's our block. This is our block. That was you know that was the our block playing you know. Uh, having the block party, uh, having your friends over, uh, you know, enjoying like your mom was cooking and they would bring over food. Uh, we would be playing uh, in the street, different, uh, different games. Uh, we played, uh, what do we play? Uh, not, uh, oh, uh, musical chairs where the guys would sit on a chair and the woman would walk around and my friend Dino throwing me out of the game after like the second or third time because I was flirting with his wife. You know, good natured flirting of course, but I'm just saying, these, like I said, as you get older in life and you get to look back, you realize how lucky and blessed you are because not a lot of people have those type of really nice memories uh, of their childhood or their, uh, or their neighborhood. And I'm very blessed uh, that I do, I really am. I mean, my aunts live four blocks away. They're on 62nd and 11th. And, you know, my aunts and my uncles, unfortunately, my uncles have passed. But my aunts, God bless them, 85 and 88 are still there. And, I, you know, that, 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 that place there, that, that's a second home. That's where I grew up playing ball again. Because, you know, growing up, I had guys, uh, we were all the same age, and we all became friends and, uh, uh, and stuff. Like I said, I have very, very, very blessed that I have very, very good memories of my childhood my uh, neighborhood that I grew uh, grew up in, and, uh, and my family. And not a lot of people have that, unfortunately. Well, um, you sound like you played almost every sport except for golf. Yeah, golf, I never got into golf and tennis. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't, didn't have the good hand-eye coordination. My younger brother was a very good tennis player. I never had that hand-eye coordination for, for tennis. And golf, none of the guys really. We were football basketball, hockey, baseball, mainly baseball and, and football, and I, I uh, enjoyed uh, bowling. Regina Podges, when the Regina Youth Center was very active, uh, downstairs they had lanes, they had bowling lanes, and when I was in Regina Podges Grammar School, they had leagues for the kids, you know, different ages, and I belonged there. In fact, my mom volunteered. She was a scorekeeper when I was younger, and then as I got older, uh, my cousin and uh, a couple of his friends uh, we were uh, a four-man, uh, they had the, the four-man leagues, and my father got rest his soul a million times over. He belonged to the league, uh, to the men's league. So like I said, it was a very, very active uh, neighborhood, uh, especially uh, what was going on at, uh, at, Re at, at Regina with the church and, and the school, Regina Podge's school went there, you know, uh, graduated there in 77. So like I said, this was a very, it was a very active, nice, uh, nice time. You didn't need to really take much public transportation, right? You could just walk. No, everything was in walking distance, yes. The only time that we, my friends and I, would take public transportation was uh, when we traveled into, uh, into Bay Ridge, but that wasn't until we were older, until you t in, in, in your teens. Everything that we basically did was uh, really within a mile or two-mile area, work, walking distance of, uh, of where we were born and raised. So um, what lessons um, did you learn from this time in your life? Uh, family is the center of everything. You have a good family. Uh, kids today, I got a niece that is four, God bless, and a, a nephew that is seven, and you want to enrich them with family. 
they know that they're loved. Uh, they enjoy their uncles. Uh, they enjoy their, their family. Your family's really the center of everything. And the other thing that I learned too is that uh, good friendships, I mean, really good, true friendships are something that, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, uh, it, they are priceless. And uh, the other thing that you, that you learn too as you get older in life is that not everybody has what you may have been blessed with. And embrace it, enjoy it, appreciate it. Because it's not, it's, it's not always, it hasn't always been there for people. And you learn this as you get older and, you know, you go out to high school and college and you get to know more people and you hear about their backgrounds and their families or their fathers especially. They don't always have what you had. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you don't realize it. Sometimes you do, you can't take for granted that everybody's got this. But again, uh, I can't repeat it enough. As you get older and you start branching out into life, you realize that not everybody did. And that's when you take a step back and say, you know what? Damn it. Really lucky. I've been really blessed. And I can't, I know I've been saying that a lot, but it's the truth. And, and, and that's really what, uh, what Dyker Heights has been all about uh, for me. I've been very blessed to grow up in this area with the friends that I've had over the years, uh, childhood friends, even if we don't stay in contact with each other anymore, people and lives have moved on, but uh, there's, there'll always be that sense of neighborhood whenever you run into those guys or those people. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get into? I think we covered uh, about, uh, about everything. Uh, like I said, I mean, uh, it, it, was, it was a great time. Uh, growing up in, in Dyker Heights. I mean, you know, uh, guys are guys and kids are kids. And uh, listen, you got picked on, you got bullied uh, uh, a little bit. But you know what? If you got bullied and you got picked on, you always had your family to fall back on. And that's what I honestly can't understand with, with today when these kids are. And I understand that, that high school is rough. And I understand there's peer pressure. It's always been around. It's always been around. Fall back on your family. If, if things are getting, uh, are getting, are getting too hard uh, as far as that goes. And that's one thing that I did learn, because I did. I got, I got bullied a little bit in high school. I got picked on because I had thick glasses when I went to high, went, went to high school and when I went to, uh, to grammar school and you got called names. I hate to say it, but that's a, a, a normal course of growing up. And unfortunately, I think in today's society, everything just gets too overanalyzed. And you know what? Uh, it all comes down to what goes on within the four walls of home. Of home. At dinner table, and there's another nice memory uh, that I didn't touch upon. Dinner table, my father was always home for dinner. And it was always important that we talked. How's your day going? How's school? What's going on in your life? Okay? I think uh, I, I know society has changed a lot and uh, with the uh, economics of it and all of that, but take the, take the time. Take the time to sit and talk with the kids, talk with your wife, talk with your husband. Communicate, okay? What's on TV will stay on TV. You can DVR or whatever you can do now, okay? The main thing is communicating. 
And I'll never forget this. One of my math teachers in Bishop Ford, because I was having a little trouble with math. It was never my, my best subject in, in high school. And I went for tutoring, and they went up for an open house, and he complimented my parents because you're taking an active role in your kid's house, in your children's life. And that's the key. I'll never forget, my, my, like I said, my father, unfortunately, has passed. It's going to be 24 years this February 20th. Yeah, he passed away young. He was 54, uh, lymphoma. But anyway, my mother always played the heavy. I mean, we knew what we could do and what we couldn't do with my dad. He was no pushover. But my mother had told us after he passed, he goes, you always thought that I was playing more the heavy and that your father was a little more passive, a little more laid back. He goes, she goes, let me tell you, once you used his car and you pulled away and you were away for about 15, 20 minutes, or your friend picked you up and you guys were going out for the night, well, he would wait about 20 minutes or so. He would go through the drawers. He didn't care if he found a Playboy magazine. He didn't mind if he found the next rate of tape. You know, hey, we were, we were, we were guys. You're going to try to hide that from your parents, although they knew you were doing it anyway. But that, that's, again, that's a normal thing, a ritual of growing up. But the main thing is he wanted to make sure he wasn't finding drugs. And if he did, he would have addressed it. Nowadays, we live in a society where that could be a lawsuit. It's called parenting. It's called staying in touch. And, and unfortunately today, we have to have commercials that are trying to teach people to do that. Where they, you know, that's what they did. That's how, that was what was done. And, you know, my brother, my younger brother is 49. And he's got two kids, like I said, my niece that is four and my nephew that's seven. Every night they have dinner at the table. They talk. The niece and my, and my nephew, we've, uh, you know, provide them with a lot of love. You know, we spoil them a little bit within reason. You know, it's a perk of being an uncle. I get to give them back. Uh, but that's the whole key, sense of family. And that's really, I think, the biggest thing uh, that I learned, that a good family, it's like working out your body. You need that solid core, and then all the other muscle groups and everything fall into place. And if you have a very good core family, everything else in life really just falls into place. Well, this has been um, fantastic. Uh, well, I thank you for your time. Thank you.